0: Welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. Hey, welcome to the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast. Listen, thank you so much for joining us today and hanging out. Today, I want to talk about something that uh, I had this moment a few weeks ago, and I really feel like you're going to get something out of this. I know that sounds crazy to say like, oh, you're going to get something out of this. But this was really awesome for me. And it wasn't It, it like I didn't do anything. I just got to observe what happened. So um, today's podcast is called The First Button Principle. And you might say, man, the first button principle, what are you talking about? Let me tell you the story. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Cameron and I, my seven-year-old Cameron, he got himself ready for school. And all of a sudden, I heard him like just getting frustrated. He was like, oh, man, Uh, oh, dad, you know, just whatever, throwing his ego across the room or whatever seven-year-olds do when they're mad, whatever. And he was so frustrated. I was like, buddy, what's going on? He was like, my shirt just won't, it won't like the bottom button. He had no place to put the bottom button. The whole shirt was kind of like all shifted, you know? And I said, oh, Cam, I was like, bud, it's there's no problem. And you just missed the first button. And when I said that, like, God has always been so gracious to, to teach me through my kids and, and really just to teach me in really applicable, easy ways because I'm dumb. And so God's always just been like, here, here's some truth, TJ. And what I realized in that moment is there there was so much to learn from the first button. And I told Cam, it was a teaching moment for me. I said, buddy, listen, life a lot of times is like your shirt. And if you'll get the first button right, everything else will fall into place. If the first move you make is the right move, is a good intentional correct move, then the things that follow will be better. But if you if you mess up that first step, if you're careless or if you're lazy or if you're not clear, just not thinking and you're rushing through, and that's what was happening. You know how it is when you're morning. Uh, maybe all everybody listening are morning people, but uh, for those that aren't morning people, which is like my my family like it is a rush in the morning right everybody's like you get the egos, you get the coffee you get the book bags right all these things are going on and in the rush he just messed up the very first button and so the rest of his shirt was messed up because of that first button and so I think it's the same for us sometimes or at least it's the same for me there's been so many moments in my life because I rushed I wasn't really intentional or focus on that very first step, that first move. So today, what I want to talk about, I want to just give you four really simple things today. Thinking about the first button principle, or what I call now the first button principle. One, the first move matters more than anything else. And there's a way to make that first move, that first button, that first step matter most, right? Number one, under number one, it would be this. Pay attention, I, mean, I know that I know that's I know that's really simple. But I'm just I can think back through today and conversations I've had, interactions that I've had. We're so tempted to not pay attention. We live in a world where marketing tells us there there has to be so many moves per so many seconds because we're so easily distracted. Com- even commercials shows have to rein us back in. So pay attention slow down and execute whatever that thing that you want to do, whatever if it's a business you want want to launch if you know if it's a you want to learn guitar, whatever it is, right you want to lead an organization you want to lead your team make sure that that first step is a step where you're paying attention, you're slowing down a little bit and you execute you make sure that first step is perfect or as perfect as you can make it as precise as you can make it because the rest of the journey, is going to be determined by that very first step. It's kind of like this. I heard a guy say one time, years and years ago, he was talking about captaining a ship, and we were um, out in the middle of the ocean. I have friends that fish, and, and, um, and he was talking about how there have been ship captains over history who they were off by just a degree on charting their course. And for the first 100 miles, that degree really didn't matter. But a 1,000 miles later, they ended up on another island away from where they were intending to go. So that very first step, slowing down, paying attention, and executing that very first button, right, if we'll say it that way, it matters so much. I love the way that Stephen Covey said it one time. He said, people who put first things first focus on the important and not just the urgent. I mean, think about that. The people who who put first things first, the person who buttons the first button correctly, the person who does their due diligence and, and launches that business correctly or leads their staff effectively, that person puts the first. who puts the first things first, they think about what is most important and not just the urgent. They aren't rushed into a decision. They aren't rushed into getting things done, just getting it done. They want it done effectively. So they slow down, they pay attention, and they execute. The second thing is that for me, and this is what I recognized when I was hanging out with Cam that morning. Failing that first move for him, that first button on his shirt created so much unhealthy tension in our home in those few minutes. Like it created so much unhealthy tension for him. He was he was which like he he's prone to be frustrated anyways because he's a perfectionist, right? And so he was like, "Dad, I want to set the shirt on fire," you know, or whatever. He was just going, he was off the chain, man. And I realized I was like, man. All of the tension he was feeling, all of the emotional like all the emotional care that I was having to do in that moment, like to calm him down from just a button on his shirt, what I realized is that all of that was created by the first step, this just this one degree of a step, this one button being done incorrectly. So if we fail to pay attention to slow down and to execute properly at the foundation of whatever we're doing, whether it's our relationship, our friendship, whether it's our jobs, our businesses, whatever it is, it will create in us and it will create for us unhealthy tension. We say, well, what do you mean unhealthy tension? Well, you'll have to redo work that you've already done. Have you ever, have you ever done something and then, had to circle back and redo the work because you messed up the very first thing. Have you ever done a math problem? Say it this way in school, right, where you do a math problem, and because you get a fraction wrong in the beginning or because you get one of the steps wrong, you have to go all the way back to the beginning and start it over. You have to redo work. So when you fail to do the first thing, when you fail to put first things first, to do the right and effective, to start correctly, when we fail to do that, to button the first button first, it creates in us this tension because we have to redo stuff. And then there's more tension created because now I'm overworking, right? Like if we fail to do the first thing correctly, we begin to overwork and then we're wasting our time. You think about, think about how this tension now is building. Now not only do I have to redo my work, now I'm overworking and now I'm wasting time. And you can just feel that frustration and tension all just because you missed the first button. So slow down, friend. Like just take a minute, breathe, think about what you want to do or what you're doing in your life and and use that opportunity, that slow down, that breathe, that moment when you're paying attention, executing, slowing down. Use that moment to say, okay, what's the most important thing for me to do right now? Like what's the most important first step? I'll say the last thing under failing the first move. When we think about failing the first move and it creating unhealthy tension, Ultimately, at the end of the day, probably the, most that, the one that carries the most consequence because we can waste our time, but we never get time back. See, when it comes to working, we can, we can get new energy. We can wake up with fresh ideas. But when we fail to do the first thing correctly, we expend unnecessary creative and emotional energy. Like there have been times, projects, things in my life that I have been two, three. Four steps into, and I realized I messed up. I made a mistake. Maybe I was you know, too hurried in the beginning. Honestly, for some of us, it may be that we were too lazy to do the right thing right the first time. I said this the other day when I was talking to our staff, and uh, Cam and I were planting some trees at my house, and um, and I started planting in a straight line with these other trees that I'd planted. And it's a lot of work, man. You, you got to like stick this thing called a dibble in the ground and like and dig a hole basically and plant the tree and kick it in and do all this stuff. And Man, it was hot and sweaty. And I got like four or five trees down this one lane after we had planted all these other trees. And I looked back and I realized like it was it was crooked. And I was so frustrated. And so Cam and I went to Um, uh, we went to Tractor Supply and we got like two stakes and (laughs) like a string that was like 300 feet long. And like I spent money so that it could be perfect. If I would have done that the first time though, if I would have started correctly, launched correctly, then at the end of the day, I would have not had unnecessary creative and emotional energy wasted. I would not have my work wasted and I would not have my time wasted. And those are just little stories from my own life where I can recognize, I say, Oh my gosh, like. So much of this can be avoided, right? I mean, think about your life for just a minute. Since we're sitting here together, we're hanging out. How many, how much overworking, redoing, time-wasting, creative and emotional energy has been spent if because you didn't just launch, you, you, you just failed to launch correctly, right? Like, you 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 failed to whether it was you were oh, you were rushing into it or you were being lazy either one both are equally as bad and you just failed to launch right right and so now there's this all there's areas of our lives where all of these things are stacked up this waste of time this wasted energy redoing work listen leave that behind okay and so Like, gosh, TJ, like you sound really weighty about this idea. Yeah, because I think some of you out there have given up on a dream or you've given up on a job or you've given up on a business idea or you've given up on your gifting because you didn't launch correctly and you got into it a little ways and you got frustrated because you didn't start correctly and you just bailed and you left a gift or you left a business or you left a relationship on the table that God could have blessed. Just because you didn't start correctly, so you say, "All right, TJ, if that's true, and I believe that is true for so many people's lives, including my own, how do I not fail? Right? How how do I not fail the first move? Well, I'm glad you asked. Appreciate you asking, guys. Three things, really simple: evaluate, think about what you're about to do. If if, if it's a business, if it's an assignment at school, I don't care what it is. Like, you can fill in that blank. Evaluate. What, what's needed to do this job effectively or efficiently? Like, like, where am I at? How do I feel? What headspace am I in? What do I have to do to make sure this is going to be the best thing, right? And then begin to plan. I love Proverbs 24, 27, where it says, Prepare for work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Like, even th- this ancient proverb from the Word of God that says, You have to prepare, You have to make a plan. So evaluate. If you say, man, I want to launch in this ministry. I want to launch in this thing. I want to do this thing, TJ. Awesome. Well, evaluate where you're at. Evaluate what your needs are. Begin to survey the environment. What's needed? How do I have enough to finish the plan? Right? Scripture says that, right? Like who's going to build a house and not calculate the cost of it? He'll look like a fool if he gets halfway through building the house and there's no materials left. So evaluate where you are. Where, where am I? What's it going to take to reach this goal? What's it going to take to, to hit this metric? What's it going to take to develop this relationship? What's it going to take to grow this organization? Whatever it is, evaluate that and then begin to build a plan. And you're like, well, TJ, I'm not great at, at building plans. Well, fortunately for you and for myself, there are so many resources online. There's, there's coaching available, Right. There's books on leadership. There's books on strategy. There's, there's how-to for dummies on coding, right? Like if there's something that you want to do, there are a million how-to books and they literally say for dummies, right? Like anybody from anywhere, from any background can learn to do something new, especially now that we have this incredible thing called Google, right? So evaluate and then plan. Make a plan, right? Dreams fail for lack of preparation. Dreams are left on the table. And, and th- this is what's, for me, I think, as a leader, I've seen this in my team before, and I've, I've witnessed this even in myself. And I think this is the, the, one of the sad realities, is that there are so many gifts and opportunities and dreams that have been left on the table not because the person was not talented or creative or incredible or phenomenal at what they were doing. They just failed the plan. They just felt the plan. They weren't prepared. And so then when something threw them off course, right, like it discouraged them, and then it derailed them, and then they gave up on their dream. They gave up on their relationship. They gave up on their friendship. They gave up on their organization, whatever it was. And it wasn't because they could not do the job, and that's what, that's what is sad to me. I see a lot of people walking around thinking, I, I can't do this. Or it didn't ha- It wasn't in the cards for me. I've heard that before. It wasn't in the cards for me. Or I've even heard people tell me, like, "Oh, TJ, I can't do blank like you do. I, I, I can't." I've heard people, say, "Oh man, I couldn't. I couldn't go to a mountain and chase an elk. I couldn't. I couldn't shoot a bow like you. Or man, I couldn't stand up in front of people and speak like you speak." And the reality is, is yeah, like all of these things are actually pretty simple. Almost everything in life is pretty simple if you would evaluate where you are and make a legitimate plan. Like you can become one of the best cooks in this city on YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can become, trust me, you can become a podcaster by reading about podcasting and just building a team around you and preparing, right? Like you don't have to be good at it because I'm not, <laughs> but I have a great team and I've read a bunch of stuff on the internet, right? Just make a plan. What do you want to do? Like what, what has God placed in your heart that you've left on the table not because you can't or you don't have the talent or the ability or that miracle drive in your heart that God's placed there, that one thing that you think about that you're like, oh, man, if money wasn't an option, if time wasn't an option, this one thing I would do. Well, why aren't you doing it? I would argue most of the time it's just because you haven't made a plan. I believe you can. There are many of you right now listening to this, that God has placed something in this big, audacious goal in your heart, right? God's giving you the bag, all right? Can I say it that way? This big, audacious goal, he's placed it in your heart. And it's not happening. And, and my fear is, I guess, on a, like a more crass way of saying it, is that you would, you would use the excuse of, well, it wasn't in the cards that I was dealt. Or, or I didn't grow up in the right neighborhood, or, or, you know, I, I can't talk like he talks, or I can't sing like she sings, or I can't, I can't set a schedule like he can. I can't work out like they can. We, my, my fear is that you'll leave all these goals, dreams, and visions on the table, and you'll just have a bunch of excuses left over at the end, not because you can't do it, but just because you failed to plan. So evaluate. You say, okay, then, then how, do I, how do I not fail that first move, that first button? Evaluate. Plan. And then execute. Like, how do you execute? One small step. Literally. One small step. That small step may be like asking someone to help. <laughs> like, if you if you evaluate where you are, you're like, okay, I have this goal. I have this dream. I have this vision. And then you begin to plan. You make plans. Then you just take one small step in the direction of your dream, the direction of your goal, the direction of your vision. Listen, um, I there's several guys that I I like to follow. One of them, his name's Cameron Haynes, and he does this race called the Moab 240. And it's a 240-mile foot race through the mountains. 240 miles. That 240 miles he accomplishes, and, like, at the end of it, listen, his... His legs are busted up. His feet are bloody. His toenails, almost all of them have fallen off. I mean, this is like some gruesome pictures from these races. 240 miles. He's fallen asleep running before. Like, and that's the deal. Like, you can stop, and, you can stop and, and catch some sleep, but somebody might catch up to you. It's a continuous 240. There are no breaks. So you sleep when you can. You eat when you can. Use the bathroom wherever you can. Like, it's 240 miles of running through the mountains. It's crazy that was a dream and a goal of his. You know how he started? He didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to go run 240 miles in the mountains. No, he started with like a 5K. And the 5K turned into a half marathon. The half marathon turned into a full marathon. The marathon turned into what they call a 100-mile run where he ran in circles, one-mile loops for 100 miles. Like he talks about this 15 to 20-year progression of getting to the Moab 240 and then crushing it. And when I think about that, I'm like, man, he... It was literally a jog around the block that started this incredible life that he's had, like these incredible adventures that he's had. For you, it, it's literally evaluate, plan, and then literally put one foot in front of the other. Just take a step. Well, TJ, what if I trip? Yeah, <laughs> right? You will. You're going to fall, you're, you're going to stumble. Your toenails are going to fall off as gross as that is, right? Like to imagine like in this race, like this race is gritty. This race is tough. But the way that you don't fail that first move is you evaluate, you plan and you just take that first step, that first small step. I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story and then I'm going um, to, I'll wrap this up for us. But um, I sat on this, what was it crew? Like uh, two years, two years, I think. So two years I I talked about a podcast I'd wanted to be, and really at the urging of some friends of mine, uh, when they heard some of the leadership lessons and stuff that I was giving to our staff, they said, man, TJ, I wish you would just, I wish you would put this out there somewhere so like we could use it, we could have it. And, and they were just kept after me. So finally I was after some guys at church. I was like, Hey guys, can we just, let's just do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. And so I genuinely like we had some staff transitions, you know, equipment come and go or staff come and go. And, um, I was like, oh, you know, whatever. But I just kept talking about it, right? Like that was my small step. I was like, I'm just going to talk about this. I'm going to keep asking people over and over and over until we can do something about it together. And I eventually got to the point where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Um, uh, we were looking for an executive uh, assistant for me. We, um, I moved into a new position at the church that was moving in. I was, they, were, they were like, TJ, you've got to have an assistant. And so I was like, all right. So I interviewed Lindley. I was like, Lindley, come to work for me. And Lindley was like, oh, all right, cool. What am I going to be doing? I was like, you're going to be my assistant. I was like, but you're also going to be a podcast producer. She was like, oh, cool. You have a podcast? I was like, nope, you're going to make one. <laughs> she was like, wait, I, So my, I'm going to be a podcast producer, but you don't have a podcast. I said, absolutely, but I'm going to. We're going to. And so for some of you, and, and that's it, Like I, that's not, like, I didn't, I didn't like, sauce that story up. That's legit how I went. I was just like, no, we don't have one, but I've been talking about this for years. I think God's kind of put this in my heart. It's been affirmed by some friends, and, like, I'm going to take steps, and a part of that step is I'm hiring you as my assistant, but also you're going to be a podcast producer. TJ, I've never been a podcast producer. You are one now if you take the job. You know, it's really cool. And so I, I'll say this too, and, and like, I have four – really good friends sitting around right now making this happen. And so we get to do something collectively together that we all believe is really meaningful. I wonder how many of you are leaving gifts on the table. You're leaving the bag on the table, like that big audacious goal. You're leaving it on the table. I wonder how many people are missing out on the effect that you could have on their life. How many people could partner with you and find meaning and creativity and gospel significance but you haven't evaluated, you haven't planned, and you fail to execute that first step, excuse me, my hope for you, my heart for you, is that you would realize that you have gifts, dreams, visions, you have goals in your life that I don't think they just, by happenstance, were put there. I think God has placed things in our hearts for a purpose and for a reason to affect people for his glory and for the good of his kingdom. And if you sleep on your goal, if you sleep on the gifting, if you get discouraged because you messed up that first button and you give up, there are going to be people that miss out on the effect that your life and your goals and your dreams have on them. Last point. And this is the most important for me. As I think about the first button principle, even going all the way back to the story of Cam and, and, and him freaking out riding Egos flying and all this stuff. And thankfully he, he hates syrup. So that's always a good thing about our house is that like, it's the most clean breakfast a kid could ever eat is like Egos without syrup but check this out. The the most important first, the way that I want to wrap it up, because we we always say that we're going to talk about life leadership and the gospel. And, and I couldn't talk about this first button principle without keying in on this reality. The most important first in our life is and will always be Jesus. Or for me. I would love it to be that for you too. Matthew 633 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. So I know we've talked about dreams, visions, goals, relationships, employment, all these things. But the ultimate desire is that we get this, this, this eternal button, if you will. I'm going to, I'm going to beat this analogy for everything that it's worth. Right? Like, like this picture, this first button, Seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking Jesus first, because he literally tells us in the scripture, if you seek me first, one, if you seek me, you'll find me. But then two, if you seek first the kingdom of God, all of these other things will be added to you. What he's saying there is, let me, let me put it in T.J. Wall in translation 2023, if you get this button right, if you button this button first, If you nail down this pursuit of Jesus first, all of these other things will be added to you. And I wonder today, for some of you, I know this has been true of my life, so I'm just asking the question, maybe there's some disjointed aspects of your life that are disheveled and misplaced, like those buttons were on my little dude's shirt. As he got further along, he got more frustrated. And I wonder if for your life, you may be moving further along in a relationship, in a job, in a dream, in a vision, in a city, whatever it is, and you're growing more frustrated because you've missed this first button. You don't feel value because you've missed this first button. You don't feel ultimate everlasting significance because you've lost this first button. You're searching for purpose. And maybe the job, maybe you are living in the goal. Maybe you are living the dream. And it's just not satisfying like you thought it would. Maybe it's because that first button is missing. Maybe you, maybe you didn't get that right. And so this would be an opportunity for you to really just think about that and evaluate that. I want to give you one more reference to a verse in Scripture, um, which is what I hang my whole life on. Like my whole life hinges on the Word of God being true. In Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22, he talks about uh, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. I shared this with our staff actually this morning um, as we were talking and I always thought it was interesting that he, Jesus called himself the chief cornerstone, and, and, and I got the principle, right? Like, a, like, okay, so a cornerstone, especially like um, way back in the day when they were building buildings, they would set the cornerstone, and then all of their angles would be derived from this cornerstone. Like all of the house was based off this one thing. So scripture is saying Jesus is the chief cornerstone, right? He's the first button, if you will. But I realized this, I, I did this deep, dive over the the last little bit over like, okay, what what is this cornerstone? And what are the origins of the cornerstone? And what were they really saying in the scriptures when they were talking? And, and what you find out is like through Egyptian culture uh, d- during this season, uh, through Egypt, even Mesopotamia, Egyptian culture, cornerstones would be hollowed out sometimes, or at least pockets would be put into them where people who worshiped idols or other gods could put their idols and they could put gifts and sacrifices to their other other idols and other gods, thinking that that would protect the house or protect the building. And what I realized in the scripture in in Ephesians chapter two, like God was using the word to tell us like, man, the cornerstone, like Jesus is, the cornerstone and all of these other things. And this is what I was thinking like, in that time period, as he's writing these people, as Paul's writing this letter in Ephesians to these people, and they've been filling their cornerstone, right? Their first button's been filled with all these other things, other idols and other gods and other pursuits, thinking that that will give them protection or blessing or safety or whatever. Paul's saying, guys, you're missing it. Jesus is the chief cornerstone, Jesus' is ultimate significance, Jesus' is ultimate grace. Jesus is ultimate satisfaction. Jesus is everlasting security. Jesus is the first button. Now that's not, what Paul didn't say Jesus is the first button. I'm saying today, he is the first thing that you want to get right. The only way we do that is respond to him in faith and look at the grace that he provided for us on the cross and say yes to him. So Today, this is just an opportunity for you to, to think about, man, I'd love for you to think about these leadership principles and apply this first button principle to your life. But ultimately today, I would love for you to just evaluate and think on where Jesus is in your life. Is, is he the chief cornerstone or is he some block that you've just placed there because it's culturally acceptable or because your grandpa's grandpa was a Christian or whatever? Man, listen, Jesus is everything. He's the first button, and I hope, I pray that you get all that you can out of the first button principle. See you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast, where we talk about life, leadership, and the gospel. If you enjoyed this episode, share with a friend. For more content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube. If you have any questions you would like to ask TJ, whether it is about life, leadership, or the gospel, you can email those to TJMaldenLeadershipPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again on the TJ Malden Leadership Podcast.